Isn't God amazing? Wow. You know, um, maybe I don't have sports shirts, but since tomorrow is Valentine's Day, we thought we can also rep love. So, <laughs> so forgive us that we're not wearing, but we're also football fans, and we're going to watch it. So, good morning to everyone, okay? You know what? Wishing. May your team win. There you go. You can say amen. God answers it. Our job is to pray, and God's job is to do what? Answer however he wills. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Can you put your hands together for the Lord? So this morning, I'll be preaching along with my wife. Actually, she's going to do the, most of the preaching. So, <laughs> all right. And as you all know, we are raising awareness regarding discipleship here at the mission. And if you look at the scripture, you see so many instances where discipleship played a major role in the life of the people of God. So we're going to be looking through that today. If you look at somebody like Paul, he was discipled by Ananias, right? Someone like Timothy was discipled by Paul. And Apollos was discipled by Priscilla and Aquila. So you go through the scripture, you will see instances. As we enter into this season of discipleship, we are calling on everyone to be part of what God is doing here at the mission. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for you are a faithful God. You never fail. Thank you, Lord, that your love for us is everlasting. The Bible says that new every morning are your messes. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us at your feet this morning. We ask, oh God, that your word will come forth. It will bless us. It will encourage us. It will rebuke us where we need rebuke. Lord, it will heal us where we need healing. It will raise us up where we have fallen. Thank you, Father. We submit to you, the Spirit of the Lord. Have your way in this place. Be thou exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm just his helpmate, okay? So he's a preacher. But I guess since the Bible says that, you know, the two shall become one, we're one. So we're going to minister together. So, all right. Praise the Lord. So like he said, we are actually kicking off our campaign for the discipleship group in the church. And it's not just the church, you know. Watching the video about the youth retreat and my sister Bumi was talking about all the things that happened to the young folks during the pandemic. It wasn't just the young folks. There were so many people that found out that they had little strength in them. Depression was coming, common. Anxiety was common. People lost hope. Just that alone threw so many off balance. And we're thinking, what is the issue? What went wrong? 
Haven't we been in church? Haven't we heard the word? Haven't we followed? Isn't our heart fully yielded to the Lord? And people were running from here and there. There were so many messages, gospel, not so gospel. So many things was available. I am sure that some were led astray by things they heard because they were not grounded in the scriptures. And that brings us to why discipleship is necessary. Now we ask, what is discipleship? What is discipleship? Why are we talking about it? So it's a response to a need that we have found that the body of Christ needs. It's a response to the need of the body today. Because at such times, the world was looking to a people, to us, and we could not deliver. Some of us were running to the world to help us. Some of us were running to psychics to help us. Some of us were running to medications to be able to sleep and wake up the next day. What happened? That's what we want to look at. That's the whole point of, you know, our church saying, look. We can't live this way. People should be running to us when next crisis hit. Because would there be a crisis? Absolutely. You know, the Bible said something about when we see the day approaching, the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord, something begins to happen. It's not, you know, even if the pandemic is over, that's not the, you know, end of storms of life. So, let's look at discipleship. What is discipleship? Uh, discipleship is the process of making people from various backgrounds, various walks of life to be conformed to the image and likeness of Christ Jesus. That is discipleship. Transforming lives to fit into the plan and purposes of God. Amen. Being a disciple of Jesus makes you his kingdom, makes you worthy of his kingdom. Amen. So if that is the case, I don't think Jesus was ever moved by any storm. Now, is, was he human when he was on earth? Absolutely. He was. You know, you remember the account when he was with his disciples on top of the water and the sheep was almost about to capsize and they were like, are you not caring that we perish? He was calm. He was calm. Now, we're, we're going to look at key reasons why we need disciples or why we need discipleship. Why you and I need to be grounded in the word. Why you and I need to conform to the image of the likeness of Jesus. Okay. My husband and I got married year 2000. Say, for instance, you know, every year I just, you know, maybe every month I see him. Once every month we don't talk. I don't even, you know, I just avoid him and he avoids me. But we're still together. You know, we do things, I don't really know him, he doesn't really know me, and 20 years later, you know, maybe he displays something that, oh my God, that I couldn't take. Guess what? It's time for everybody to take their ways. 
And that's what some of us have done over the years. You come in Sunday. You just look at it. Now, don't get me wrong. We live in a society that is so fast-paced. We are busy. Everyone is busy. Everyone is busy. Now, I'm not going to talk too much. I just want you to go to your scriptures to the book of Ephesians. We're going to read that scripture first. And that will give us a background of what few things that we want to share with you. By the grace of God, the directors of uh, discipleship in English service and Spanish service will be, you know, also sharing with us some things by next Sunday. The whole of February is going to be all about campaign, all about promoting discipleship. But let's go to that scripture, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. He said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the defying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the statues of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slides of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, by speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whence the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the defying of itself in love. Now, I'm going to walk from this scripture. It talks about fitting together. It talks about being made perfect. It talks about being like Jesus, conforming to his image, being like him. Discipleship is simply apprenticeship, right? You learn under a master. You learn under his feet. I don't learn of my husband if my contact with him is once a month. If my contact with him is only when I need something from him. If my contact with him is only when he does something right, when he's convenient, when he's sweet. Now, when it gets bad, I cannot survive because I have not learned of him. I've not learned how to walk with him. There's nothing that is making us one. I just want you, you know, take that into what we're going into today or what we are asking for or what we are praying for. And this is the whole body of Christ, not just our church. Even if you're here and you visited from another church, this is for you. There is need for us to sit at the feet of the Lord. I want to understand. And I say, Lord... I am struggling with forgiveness. I am struggling with being nice to people and I get a payback with everything opposite of what I'm doing. I am struggling with being able to overcome stress. I run to my cookies. I run to my ice cream. I run to my credit card and shop and shop until I drop and yet the anxiety keeps coming. I am sick 
and tired of running to my medication. Don't get me wrong. If you do need a medication for something, I'm not preaching against that. I'm just saying that being transformed, learning of his way, because every aspect of our lives is covered by his word. He has solution. And you cannot know that worshiping from afar. You cannot know that, you know, just checking in and checking out. We got to stay at the feet of the Lord. Now, that brings us into one of the key things. You know that discipleship guarantees you eternal life. I'm going to let my husband speak on that. You know, when the man on the cross, the thief, remember, by Jesus, when he gave his life to Jesus, you know what happened? Straight up, he went to heaven. Had he stayed on earth, he would need to be discipled. Now, Jesus said, learn of me. Okay, You should learn of me. Now, in Hosea, the Bible says, if we follow on to know, then we will know. Without us following hard to know about Jesus, setting our heart on him, being the author and finisher of our faith, focusing on him. You see, many a times we follow people. We follow our fellow humans, right? That's why you have a lot of celebrities, because people follow them. And yet, the highest celebrity that we have, we are not following. Jesus the Bible says, he that is from above is above all things. Amen. And that's why he said, learn of me, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That is discipleship. That's right. Our responsibility, our role, our goal in our pursuit of eternal life is to follow after righteousness. Amen. Amen. Only those that endure to the end shall be saved. You know, the word of God says in the book of Daniel, I believe 11, where it talked about those that do know their God. Shall be strong. They shall be strong and they will do exploit. How do you know someone you don't follow? How do you know someone you do not learn of his ways? How do you know? Now, so many of us are in different careers and craft, and you know for you to do it well, you got to learn that trade. You have to learn that career. The reason, you know, I'm not a good teacher. I'm not bragging, but thank God I'm a good teacher. I'm not a good teacher just because I am gifted. I'm a good teacher because I went to school. I studied. I learned the craft. I understand it. I sit. I burn hours. When others are not, I sit down. I read things. I understand. How can I deliver this to my student and they will understand it? Sometimes I tell my, I will have a dream like God would just say, use this strategy. Do these things this way because my heart is in it, because I'm pursuing it. Now, you don't learn of the way of the Lord. You don't get good at your craft. Now, remember what we read in Ephesians. It talked about some being the apostles, some being teachers, some being pastors. 
That doesn't happen without equipment. That doesn't happen without training. That doesn't happen. How would you be able to, you know, for, for you to deliver the power of God unto others when you yourself have not even connected? And speaking of that, speaking of that, God cannot make you an apostle, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, an evangelist. If you've not sat under his feet to be discipled, it doesn't just happen like that. And look at the scripture. All the people that were apostles, they followed him. He said, follow me. And throughout the process, he communicated to them the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He showed them what the kingdom is about. The lifestyle of the kingdom. The principles of the kingdom. He revealed all that to them. Then after he has done that, he sent them out. That's so we cannot say, okay, I want to be this, I want to be that. Yet, you are not making the effort. To sit down and be taught by the Lord. We're going to look at the book of Mark. You know, when he talked about revealing of secret. You know, check all the accounts of Jesus' dealings with his disciples. He always, you will say, he took them from the, he called them from the multitude. There was something extra. All the time. Go to the book of Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 10 to 12. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him a parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables. All these things are done in parables. That's Now, let me pause right there. To them that are within, he communicates clarity to them. To those that are outside, it sounds like gibberish. You can't get it. We talk about intimacy, revealing secret. That's what happens in the place of discipleship. You learn to ask God questions. He talks to you in plain terms because you're knowing him. You're understanding him. And he knows that your ears are open to hear him through his word. You understand, you know, how to say, but master, you hear the disciples, they say it often. Some other scripture will say, and he Pull them up to the mountain, away from the multitude. He shared secrets with them. In Matthew 5, in the Beatitudes, it was his disciples, the close ones, those that have learned of him. When he called the two sons of Zebedee, they were somewhere. He could have just, they could have just come and gone, just like any other person. But they were with him. And it was testified after Jesus died and some of them were hiding. They were like, oh, you are one of them. Peter, remember Peter? When he denied Jesus, he couldn't even deny. You know why? Because he was like Jesus. He learned of his way. He knew. His life was transformed, you know, in the image of the likeness of the Son of Man. 
You know what they told Peter? When he tried so much to deny Jesus, they said, even your speech betrays you. That's so much investment that Jesus has made in him to the point that he now talks like Jesus. He said, even your speech betrays you. So you cannot deny him as a disciple. The Bible said to them that are within. You know, I remember this scripture because it made a life imprint on me. The day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that was one of the scriptures that the preacher read that day. You know, out of so many things that he said, the only thing I heard on that Sunday was that to them that are within, the mysteries of the kingdom is revealed to them. That's all I heard. And for me, that's thick. So even before he has finished preaching, I was already coming out for altar call. There's no time to waste. I want to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Yes. So I didn't have to wait for, you know, he was just like, I didn't wait for him to say, if you want to give your life to Christ and all those. No, 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 no. I had no time for that. Because I want to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So, do you want to know the mysteries of the kingdom? That's where it comes. Learning of his ways. Being his apprentice. You will ask, but I come to church. I have my Bible app. You know, I heard phrase where people say, I'm just going to put my worship on. Hello. I'm going to just, you know, throw in my Jesus. It's like you wear him today, and when he's not convenient, you take him off. When there's storm in your life, you put him on. It does not work. It does not work. Discipleship brings about consistency in your Christian walk. Look. Our life is never going to be a straight line graph. There's going to be curves. There's going to be ups. There's going to be down. But you know what is going to make the difference when those seasons of life comes is are you grounded? Are you anchored on Jesus? Do you understand his heartbeat? Do you understand what he has said concerning that situation? Do you understand that his glory comes even in the midst of storm? Do you understand that sometimes God puts you in those places where life is difficult just for you and I to prove what he can do? The pair... You, she mentioned, you know, you may be asking, but I come to church, I do this, I do this. Let me show you something from the book of Acts, chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse 24. It says, now a certain Jewish, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scripture came to Ephesus. The man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, mark that, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, 
though he knew only the baptism of John. Was his knowledge complete? Absolutely not. Verse 26. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. That is discipleship. That is discipleship. See, he's been in the church. He knows the way of God. But his knowledge is not full. He's been coming to church. He can preach the gospel. The much that he knew. And the Bible says he was fervent in spirit. So God was with him. But there are certain knowledge. He doesn't have. When... This disciple, disciples, Aquila and Priscilla heard him with the knowledge of God they have. They said, no, we need to help this young man. He can be useful for God. Now, look at what happened. Let's read that scripture. It says, and Verse 27, and when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those. Now, mark that. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed. Now, he didn't help, he helped those who had believed. Why? Because now he has a better understanding of who God is. He has been discipled by Paul, Aquila, and Priscilla. So he's able to communicate more efficiently the word of God to the hearers. So we can now say that discipleship Let helps to build capacity. Exactly. Now look at it again. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scripture that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Amen. And this was the knowledge he didn't have until he met Aquila and Priscilla. Meeting them, they took him to his wing. You see, many of us that feel like we can roam about, Right? We can just roam all over the place without sitting down, being taught and mentored and discipled by someone. You're going to lack a lot of knowledge. So it's important. You allow yourself to be taught the ways of the Lord. They taught him more perfectly. I like that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We cannot overemphasize the need for discipleship. You know, the, the, the Bible says something in Timothy. He said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's it, Timothy. Second Timothy, of course, chapter 2, verse 15. You know, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
you know, so many times we, if the word is not right, it's not right. Now, it's not for show off. It's not so you sound so good. It's not so that men will give you accolades. First, we said it will guarantee you the kingdom because that word transforms you. And the same word becomes powerful in the inside of you. When it comes out, it reaches many, just like this man that he read about. He was able to do more. Your capacity increases. You will leverage God's word in every situation. Like a doctor, you will be able to administer the word correctly where it should be. The world that is waiting on us, the people that are out there hurting, you become a solution when you have been equipped. We have nothing wrong with people moving here and there, gaining stuff. You, I mean, it's not only just one mentor that the people have, but the point is, are you sitting down to learn? And I, I, let me make an analogy as a teacher. Okay, I teach algebra, and say I'm teaching equations, and I first of all have to be ensure that my students understand integers, you know, and that they understand reverse operations. They didn't learn it. All of a sudden, they, are, they have a cheat sheet, you know, just so, oh, if you do it this way, you do it that way. But they don't have the basic thing, the, 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 the base knowledge they need in order to be able to solve those problems. So if the equation changes where you have one number here equal to a plus two, they don't see it as the same thing as a plus two equal to a number because they are cheating. They didn't learn the rudiments that, or the, the prior knowledge that they need to have or the base knowledge, the base concept that they need to understand prior to entire thing. They won't do well. And that is why the church is falling apart. That is why we are running to Egypt for help. The Bible says, woe to him that goes to Egypt for help. But you, the helper and the help the Lord will deal with. Why go for help when there is no help? When you have it all in the word, because you're in a hurry. You're rushing. You want quick fix. You want microwave Christianity. You just want what feels good. You know, look, you can be all, you know, quote and unquote, filled with the anointing with no character. That takes you to hell. You can be, you know, let they touch you or you touch them and they fall and they get up with the same bitterness. They get up with the same anxiety. They get up with the same immoral thought, with the same impurity. But when you sit at the feet of the master, Hallelujah. your life cannot be the same. You like, whether you like it or not, whether you know, and it's very systematic. It's not, it's not glamorous. It's not. It's not, you know, being discipled is not pretty. He's going to crush you. 
the word is going to squeeze you. The word is going to burn you. But like fine gold, you're going to shine forth. Stability will be something that will become your middle name. Stability. It doesn't matter whether it's good, you're praising the Lord. It is bad, you're praising the Lord. You eat whatever it is, whether it's in the night of your life or in the morning of your life, whatever season you're into, you have a good perspective of the purpose of God for that season because you've sat under him. See, one of the things that hinder all of us is the issue of pride, right? You don't want to sit under someone. You know, that is one of the key things that the devil uses to hinder us from enjoying this benefit of being discipled. You know, recently, because I work as a data engineer, recently I called one of my colleagues. I said, hey, because they started expanding my role. And I know there are some politics that are played, right? There are so many things I don't know. My craft, I know it very well. I have my skill, and I keep improving on my skill. But there are some other things that I don't know. And he's been I there. I have to play the politics. Uh, yeah, workplace politics is there, right? How many of you know about workplace politics, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I called him. I said, hey, can you mentor me? I want to be mentored in this area, in this aspect. I need your help. I told him. We spent like one hour on the phone. We talked. Shared with him what I need from him. So that it's not only that I know how to do my job, but I know how to navigate around the things that are in the place that I work. Very, very important. Uh, why am I bringing that? Because discipleship means you have to submit to someone. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Be able to say, okay, I want to learn. Until you get to the point you say, I want to learn. You cannot be taught. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak a little to that. You know, when we talk about discipleship, we're going to start it, okay? It's not just us gathering together, doing the curriculum, studying it. But there are things that God will begin to do in your life. God will begin to break you down. God can send you to someone, you know, when I say someone, just expose you to certain experiences that will try those words, those things you're learning. If I have anger issues and I've heard the word of God, I have learned what Jesus said about it. I believe God for his power to deliver me. I was prayed for. You think that is over? No. Somebody will have to step on my toe. Somebody will have to step on my toe. Somebody, <laughs> you know, somebody is going to do something that will help me grow. You know, God doesn't expose you to things to crush you. No. When the crushings of God are just things that perfect you, just like we read in Ephesians. 
Now, I'll share this story. There was a year I kept praying to God and I kept asking him, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want just reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. And he said some things that scared me. God used another person to confirm that word, to, you know, and said, look, you need to sit down and eat. That was how the message came. Sit down and eat. I'm like, eat. I was like, okay. I heard it. I understood it a little bit, but not quite. I went about my way. Loving the Lord. I didn't go sinning. I got sick. Ended up in the hospital. For three weeks, I was down. I still did not learn the lesson. I had no clue. God was doing that to bring me to his feet. God was doing that to teach me certain lessons. I got up. I left. Went somewhere. He grounded me. I was just stopping over in a family to say hello. And a situation came up that I had to stay there. God put compassion, you know, in my heart, empathy in my heart towards the lady of the home that was pregnant and she had no help. I stayed there. In that house, God did so many things that are the reason I'm still standing today. They dealt with me. They weren't so nice, but God taught me so many lessons. God taught me patience. God taught me his word. I would do all the work. I was literally a maid. Something I've never done in my life, but God needed to bring me to that position to teach me some things. Why am I saying this? As we start this journey, as we begin this journey, anticipate the things that God will do. But just wait. Don't be in a haste to get out of an experience. Talk to God. Ask him. What is it? What are you doing in my life? What are you trying to do? Remember, these things is not done in the vacuum. When his word comes to us, it doesn't just come for you to know it in your head or for you to be able to tell it to somebody else. You know, you know how sometimes the word of God is going forward and you're hearing it and say, oh, I wish sister B or brother, you know, A, is here listening. No, that's not what will happen in this season. As he's teaching you, he's giving you experiences in order to make those things come out of you. In order to conform you to the image of the Lord Jesus. In order to conform me to the image of the Lord Jesus. That's what he's doing. So we're calling on, are we ready? Are we ready to listen to Jesus? Are we ready to learn of his ways? Are we ready to take, you know, Take the word for what it is and follow him step by step, line by line, precept upon precept. You know, be more, how do I say it? Come. It's not all the time that we are in this festive, you know, like, you know, praise God, hallelujah, shout and drop and get up and scream and no. It is time to learn of the master. In order for you and I to be equipped. This morning, you know, some of the things we don't have time and we intended that we're not going to go over time. All right? This can take more. As the studies come up, be part of it. It doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord. Paul, everybody knows Paul. He's one of my favorite people in the scripture. 
He's one of my favorite team. But the Bible said at the end of his journey, he was saying that I may know you. That I may know you, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering, being made conformable unto death. That was Paul's prayer. What is your prayer? You and I have not even done the things Paul did. And we are running off, you know, with our you know, pride and ego Feeling like you are all that just because you prayed for somebody that had headache and they took motrin and they were healed and now you are apostle. <laughs> Time to learn of his ways. So that when, the, when Jesus comes back, you and I will not be ashamed. The Bible says that it's only them that endure till the end that shall be saved. And how would you endure when you have not been equipped? How would that happen when you have not sat at the footsteps of the master to learn of his way? Mission Ebenezer, we're going to rise up. We're going to ask God. Here we are. We are done eating ice creams. We are done with cookies. Lord, we are ready for meat. We are ready for bones. We are ready to go all the way with you. We are ready. We accept your word that we can be made perfect in you. Let no man deceive you. You can go without sinning. You can live victoriously every single day when you learn of him. You can go week in, week out, and you will just say, Lord, I thank you for your grace. You will not be saying, Lord, I am sorry because I committed fornication. You will not be saying, Lord, I'm sorry because, yes, do we confess our sins every day? But God can prep you. He can, he literally goes into you. The book of John tells us that the word of God is Jesus. That's him. He's not something in our imagination. He lives in the inside of you. So if you ain't looking like him, you have not learned of him. Can we accept that truth? Let's begin to rise up. And discipleship. As we conclude and we go into prayer, I want us to live with this. Discipleship is precept upon precept, line upon line. And the Bible says a little here, a little there. You've got to add to the knowledge you have from time to time. You've got to keep increasing. You are not stagnant. See, God is a movement, not a monument. Hallelujah! God is a movement. Hallelujah! 